You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, 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 blue this, this the pod, is the pod for you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. But nonetheless, let's uh, move on to this big game the Knicks have on Saturday. Uh, Knicks will look to build on to their two-game win streak when they take on the Nets on the final day of the NBA's Rivals Week. Nets lost to the Pistons at home Thursday night while playing the second end of a back-to-back. They had lost a close one to the Sixers the previous night, then lost to the Pistons at home on Thursday. The team remains without Kevin Durant, who is said to be progressing well from his MCL sprain, but is two weeks away at least from returning to action. In the time he's been out, Kyrie Irving has been on a tear. He scored 40 points Thursday night and is averaging 37.2 points per game in his final five games. So that still remain a threat even without KD because of how well Kyrie's been playing. Let's start with Kyrie. Uh, how do the Knicks slow him down? Because I think that that is really going to be kind of the end-all, be-all to whether or not the Knicks can win this game probably. No question. Kyrie's the head of the snake. Um, you got to cut him off to, to give yourself a chance to win. Um, they have some other contributors. Nick Claxton has been playing by far the best basketball of his career. Yeah, um, great 27 so 13 last night, I believe he finished up with. Um, he's been really playing at extremely high level. So so uh, Sims and, and Hardenstein are going to have their, their hands full um, with Claxton. He's been beasting lately. Um, but yeah, listen, uh, we know about Kyrie. We know about the offensive skill package he brings to the table. Um, dude is, is a, is a dynamo when he's locked in, uh, especially on the offensive end. Um, you can take advantage of advantage of him, uh, defensively. Um, but, uh, again, that's our, I think it's two and six in the eight games they played without KD. Um, yeah. so there's, there's definitely some, some, there's an opportunity here for the Knicks to, to win another game on the road. Um, also again, worth noting Knicks above uh, five games over 500, um, on the road this season, only two teams with better road records are the aforementioned Nets and the Celtics, interestingly enough. Um, so, you know, going into Barclays is certainly not something that's going to intimidate um, the Knicks. And that's typically a home game for for the Knicks anyway. Um, you know, yeah. historically in the past few years, plenty of Knicks fans come out. And especially with the Knicks playing well, um, you know, and, and the Nets without KD, I could see a lot of the Nets fans heading out to Barclays on, on Saturday night. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, you got to, um, you know, Grimes is going to get a shot at him. IQ going to get a shot at him. McBride's going to get a shot at him. And that's what I'd do. I'd run those three guys um, almost successfully, you know, take turns, switch off, um, you know, do what you can to kind of wear him out, have Brunson go at him. If, if, if Kyrie's guarding Brunson on the, on the other end, um, he'll probably switched off on, onto Grimes. But um, if, if there's opportunity presents itself, um, if it's, if it's Grimes that Kyrie's guarding, have Grimes run through a lot of screens, yeah. set him up for some open looks. And again, even though we didn't shoot relatively well last night, um, uh, Barrett was also six for 18. So something we've also talked about, give some of those shots that Barrett takes, especially some of those contested looks and, and, and see if Grimes can get some looks as well. So um, that's the thing, you know, make him work. He's going to get his points. Um, he's averaging what 35 plus, you know, over the last eight games without KD in the picture. Um, but again, just make him work for it and then make him work on the other end. Kind of similar to Trey Young. How, how the, how the, how the Knicks yeah. Trey Young. yeah, you're right. I think that, you know, the Knicks in some ways, I think they're, they're fairly equipped okay to guard point guards because yeah. of the guys they have. Like, even though Brunson is not the most – he's not a great defender at all. But everyone else that plays essentially in that backcourt is. You know, you got McBride, you got IQ, and then you got um, Grimes. So that's three guys that will have a crack at Kyrie, and Kyrie's going to 
probably get a pretty nice number because he's got uh, car blanche now that Katie's out to shoot as much as he wants. And he's an extremely talented offensive scorer. So he's going to get his. I think the, 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 the importance is to, one, keep it somewhat limited. Like, even for the Detroit, just keeping them the 40 was probably a win for them because as long as they kept them the 40 and kept everyone else in check, that's what that was a recipe to winning. Like, you got 27 from Claxton in the last game, and uh, Emden Summer coming on the bench had 24. But then no one else had double figures. So, you know, they really they kept it to three guys in that game. The Knicks can do an even better job making sure that you don't have a Claxton or a Sumner come out of nowhere and have a big game like that. That would be just, huge. It's it's getting to the point where so, on certain nights it's impossible to watch Ben Simmons and not wonder what on earth happened. Scoreless yeah. last night, uh, sat out the second half with, with knee pain, but 0 for 3. There are, are games where you watch this dude and it's just like, how on earth was that? A, you, fresh uh, as, as a rookie, I mean, he was, you know, 18, 20, 22 a night, 22, 9 and 8 on the regular, you know, uh, dunks. And it's yeah. just, it, it, is, it, it is an amazing story. Um, we'll see if he plays. Um, you know, and and uh, Jacques right. Vaughn. Um, if you look, if you if you check those quotes from his post game last night, he took some some I want to say veiled shots at Ben Simmons, but they weren't even that veiled. He was basically yeah. he asked him, um, you know, did you expect him to sit out, or you know, is is, is he not, or just he's not going to be able to play, you know, going forward? Um, you know, he basically said there are other guys that played 40 plus minutes on the back end of a back that bet, you know, on, on the second night of a back to back. So either you're, you're ready or you're not. And we'll kind of see going forward. So it's, it sounds like um, uh, Vaughn and then the Nets are kind of getting fed up with Simmons as well. Yeah. I, I feel like some of this is that Ben, I don't think, you know, who am I to say, but I don't think he's been uh, managed well by the folks at clutch sports. I think that how they kind of handled the Philly situation, the exit, I feel like it has further shattered his mental toughness, his mental confidence. This was a guy who was a legitimately a great player. Like yes. I've always been a Ben Simmons fan and to see what he's become now where he lacks confidence, he doesn't want to shoot. Um, you know, he gets hit in the face yesterday and then he's saying I have a bad knee. That's why he leaves the game. You know, it's, it's just stuff doesn't add up with, with what's happened. And, and, I know we could say that that series against the Hawks happened, and yes, it did happen. But I just think the the mental anguish they sent him through with how they decided they were going to get him out of Philly did him no favors. And now you're seeing a player who's essentially a shell of himself, and it's sad because like I take mental health stuff seriously, and he says that he's someone who's dealt with mental health issues. So when you see a guy look like this, and you see his mental health, and I see well, who are the people that are around him, yeah. and I see how they handled the most important part of his career, which is deciding that he probably couldn't play in Philly anymore. They handled, handled it like a circus. Uh, this is not what you have in him. And, and that's unfortunate. So I, I, I blame Rich Paul and Crush Sports for some, obviously Ben Simmons has to take some accountability as well. He's his own man, but for some of what it's happened to Ben Simmons uh, this season. So yeah, if, if he's playing, I mean, even if he doesn't, like, he's gotten to a point where it's like, if he plays, I don't know how much of a fact he really is, he doesn't play i don't know the fact that that is like he's he's like a wild card like i mean the philly game he had zero in the first quarter he had a great third quarter he did he looked for like a <laughs> quarter he looked good again yeah he looked great and then it was like and then they didn't play on the fourth quarter so i was like all right i guess you know they i guess they still didn't feel that much confidence in them to put him out there for the fourth quarter so yeah the, the whole Ben simmons thing is a whole is a whole you know it's a rubric's cube to try to figure out what's going on with that situation but uh, i do think Matching to watching this, I think will be 
Sims and Harden signed against Claxton. Like I know a lot of people will run to like Kyrie Irving, but like Claxton is playing so well, and right now he's their second best player. Now that KD is out and Kyrie is taking the mantle as the best player, and Ben Simmons is doing whatever he's been doing recently. Um, the Knicks playing a younger player, obviously the start, and then Hartenstein, who's been uh, playing much better of the last two games, but has been terrible for a while. Like they can't afford Claxton to have a twenty-seven point game like he had in that, in that previous one. Like keeping him in check and keeping their uh, defensive assignments in check because Claxton's he can kill you on the glass. He's a great as a role man. He's great running the floor. So like he's gonna be important. Like he, he's someone that has to be near the top of the Knicks scouting report. A lot of that is gonna have to do with how they cover Kyrie and the pick and roll action, but. Um, make sure Claxton is kept in check. It's going to be crucial. He's had a really good season. It, totally. And uh, the other thing I'm, I'm interested to see is how the Knicks handle it when Claxton goes on the bench because they don't really have another big. You know, they, yeah. don't, they don't really have another true center. Um, you know, TJ Warren will slide over, play some five. Markeith Morris, um, you know, they, they they really don't have another, you know, true, you know, standard five. Watanabe sometimes will, will kind of play a stretch five. So that being said, I'd like to see some Randall and Obi. I know we sound like a broken yeah. record. <laughs> like to, you know, and I also would have liked to have seen it last night again because outside of Rob Williams, um, you know, they'll they'll play Grant Williams at, at the five. And that would have been another, you know, kind of situational um, uh, opportunity, I thought, for for uh, Randall and Obi to get some, some four or five, uh, Randall at five time together. Um, so we'll see if it happens. We'll see. It should it should be a good one. Knicks Nets, you know, I'm not sure how much of a rivalry it is per se, but the fans care about it. I think yes. that, that to me is all that matters. You know, it's funny, you know, listening to that TNT pregame again and Charles Barkley's kind of laughing at the notion of Knicks and Nets, Knicks and Celtics being a rivalry. And, you know, to me, it's like, look, the fans care, then it's a rivalry. I don't care what the win loss record is like, you know, in. You know, in basketball, I know K-State won this year, but like, you know, Kansas State has been getting drugged by Kansas for like 60 years. But don't tell someone from K-State that that's not a rivalry. So with the Knicks and Nets, while the Nets have been a a better team and this rivalry has been weird because it's been really no playoff thing and the Nets are clearly the second team in New York. The fans care about it. Knicks fans care when they play the Nets. They want to win these games. Nets fans certainly want to win these games against the Knicks. So I'm looking forward to the game, and I think it's an important one for the city. A hundred percent. And, you know, like Twitter's not a great barometer because it skews to a younger demographic. Um, right. Nick's Twitter certainly cares. Nets Twitter yes. certainly cares about these matchups. Um, and the players care. Um, KD is, you know, is, is loud frequently. A, a, you know, he doesn't just ignore the team across the river. He takes shots at the Knicks whenever he can. So therefore, that generates a lot of ire from from Knicks fans. Um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie kind of did the same thing. You know, riled up Knicks fans. So um, you know that it means more to the players um, than, than you know than, than, than the typical average game. So um, yeah, I think this was one where, um, especially the Knicks coming off their victory, um, the Nets kind of you know reeling a little bit um having lost four or five um certainly looking to get back on track and just kind of keep their heads above water until kb returns um this one takes on a little added importance nicks nets saturday abc 5 30 make sure you be there or be square for that one 